Hello everyone, I'm so grateful that you're here. The Brush is a lounge for women, a place where we share conversations about our brushes with love, life, and everything in between. I'm Monique Walker, welcome to The Brush. Welcome to The Brush. My name is Monique Walker, and our guest today is Tracy Christian. She's one of only Black women to run a Hollywood agency, and her company represents artists, actors, writers, directors, and producers in film, television, and theater, including one particularly heavy hitter, Mona Scott Young, creator of VH1's Love & Hip Hop franchise, and among other people. Throughout her impressive career, Tracy has carved out her own path. This is the part that I love in an industry known for underestimating the significant value of Black women. Please welcome Tracy Christian. Thank you, Tracy. Welcome to The Brush. Thank you. Wow. I sound really successful. I have to have you, you introduce are. me all the time. Oh, and I'd be happy to do that. <laughs> well, it was so funny. You know, I, I wanted to do the interview because I thought, you know, this would be some great opportunity for me to help our audience understand a little bit more about how Hollywood works for actors, for creatives, period. And sure. so uh, my first question that I wanted to ask, and I don't know if many people get to ask you this, is first of all, clarify the role of a talent agency. Um, and, and because I think a lot of people get the three mixed up, talent management, talent agency, booking agency, and a lot of people really just don't know what it is that they need. So what is a talent agency? Well, we're the tip of the sphere. And I, and I, if any managers listen, they're going to be, you're going to cringe and feel like they're the tip of the sphere. So, um, <laughs> Some of the rules might vary state to state, but our primary purpose is to be an advocate for artists. And that's whether you're a vocalist, a, um, a writer, director, whatever. So uh -huh. we not only do we go out and we find the work for talent at a certain okay. point, you know, of course, talent, they're getting direct offers. And then, uh -huh. you know, we're negotiating those uh, offers for them. And okay. we should be plotting and planning a career for the people that we represent. Mm -hmm. So that's okay. what an agency does. And also we leverage our contacts and access in the industry for the benefit of our clients. Mm -hmm. So relationship, you having a relationship with the industry is very important. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, okay. that's probably, you know, one of the top three considerations yeah. Mm -hmm. And how did that happen for you? Because everything I've read is that you pretty much got out there and kind of braved your own path. So tell us a little bit about how you got started uh, as a talent agency. Uh, well, I started off as a talent agent and I did that for, you know, really about 15 years. And I was an agent at some pretty prominent, respected agencies. And um Really, you know, it was the Lord kind of stirring something up in me. When mm -hmm. I uh, started in this industry, 
I was really naive and, you know, young and probably pretty arrogant. And I thought, well, I'm a, I'll, I'll work at this one place for like a year and then I'm mm-hmm. going to start my own business. And um, when I worked there, I realized like when you're young, you don't know what you don't know. This is true. Right. So you know what you know, mm-hmm. but you don't know what you don't know. Right. So I worked there for a year and I thought, I do not know. I'm like, I'm a smart person. I'm working hard and reading books, going to events. And I still don't know anything. So I realized I needed more seasoning. And as years went by, I forgot about how I'd said I wanted to start my own um, agency. Mm -hmm. So I I was at a place, I was making, you know, great money. And I was working, I was representing artists that I loved, like Octavia Spencer, um, Mm -hmm. Michael Kenneth Williams, who was on Boardwalk Empire at the time, uh, Mm -hmm. Jamie Hector, of course, Mona, um, Melissa Leo, I think Melissa had gone, but, you know, Lizzie Moss, who we put in Mad Men. So I had a Mm -hmm. a great little list. And um, I was actually, I got dissatisfied with the direction management was taking the company. And also I'm one of those people, like I come from a place of passion. Like when Mm -hmm. I love what you do as an artist and I love you as a human being, there's no mountain that I won't climb on your behalf. There's Mm -hmm. no one I won't, you know, speak to or nothing I won't do. And I just didn't feel like I had an opportunity to work the way I wanted to work. And at, you know, and at my, at the level I wanted to be. So mm-hmm. I, I, I was thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to just go and get another job at a different agency. And one of my clients came to me and said, look, you are a black woman of a certain age. You're going to have many of the same problems or challenges that you have at this place, at another place, and probably more, you know, because you won't have the mm-hmm. tenure there. Why don't mm-hmm. you open your own agency? And Mm. in fact, when I was going to different interviews, different meetings, people would say to me, you know, like the head of the company at, Mm -hmm. you know, very prestigious places, they'd say like, oh, you do so much. It's funny that you don't have your own agency. And I was like, I don't want to start an agency. I want a job. (laughs) Give me a Uh job. Uh And one day I was, um, there was a group of girls that I used to go to brunch with nearly every Sunday after church. And I was telling them this story about, you know, how everybody, how I, you know, my situation. And one of the girls who didn't know anything about entertainment said, you should start your own agency. And I was Mm -hmm. so mad. Uh, And not soon after that, one of my clients came to me, the same client who told me that he thought I would do better opening my agency. And, um, Mm -hmm. And I said to him, like, I, you know, that costs a lot of money to start an agency. It's not like starting a hair salon, which, you know, costs a lot Mm -hmm. of money too. But, and he said, how much does it cost? And I said, I don't know, like two or $3 million. And he wrote Mm -hmm. me a check for $3 million. And that's how I started. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yes. Wow. Do you believe that that was a God moment for you? You know what? Absolutely. Like we worship a God of provision and... Like, that's a miracle for anyone. We didn't have to go through banks and, uh, you know, negotiating with attorneys for months. He literally Mm -hmm. just wrote me the check and 
you know, kind of then disappeared. So I knew, yeah, I knew like, okay, I got to step out on faith here, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And you did it. I'm so happy that you did because it's amazing. uh, The, uh, the things that you have accomplished and all that you've done uh, in the industry. So tell us what a day to day operation looks like. What's going on? What's happening? So for all those uh, entrepreneurs out there, mm-hmm. you know, it ain't nothing pretty, but it's the, I, the, it's the happiest period of my life. And I'm so glad I did it. And I represent artists that I am obsessed with, people that yeah. I love. And every day it just gets better. So mm-hmm. I, I am, I've had a date book since I was probably 13 years old. And mm-hmm. to-do lists that go back from there. So, you know, mm-hmm. my day starts with, I probably start working and going through emails at 6 a.m. Wow. And mm-hmm. going through my to-do list, like what are the goals for the day? What has to get accomplished? And I have like a very kind of profound way that I outline that stuff so that stuff gets done. I communicate mm-hmm. with my assistant 24-7, wherever wow. I am in the world, so you've got to be a great delegator. And, mm-hmm. you know, since I own the, the agency, I'm both administrator, you know, I'm contacting our financial team, as well as the agents in the office, our sales team. And then there are projects mm-hmm. that I'm handling direct, you know, directly myself. So I kind of try to line up all of that stuff in between what's already on my schedule for the day. And, you know, I pretty much stop working when I'm about to pass out. So <laughs> I think we're all in that, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. So then how important is it that writers, actors, producers, and directors have a talent agency and when? So I think the way we kind of, um, the language is a talent agent, you know, uh-huh. you don't really refer to the talent agency, but it's the protocol of our industry. Now uh-huh. there's a handful of people in the business who are successful and don't have agents. Leonardo DiCaprio is the most fam- you know, probably most famous. I think Loretta Devine has two managers, but uh-huh. what's standard and customary for everyone else in the business is that you have an agent at a certain time. It's usually uh-huh. easier to get a manager. So you might start off with a manager. Hopefully uh-huh. the manager introduces you to an agent or agent sees you and uh, recruits you. And then as your career grows, you might add an attorney, a business manager, a publicist. Um, So that's usually the order of things. Wow. Okay. So then we've got the young millennials that decided that they wanted to ask a few questions. Also, these are creatives and this is, let's see, Amanda Diamond. And she wants to know what's the best way for creatives to stay financially healthy while still learning and finding opportunities to step into their talent. And what are some ways that they can maximize that creative opportunity? So you're kind of asking the wrong person. And here's why I say Mm -hmm. that, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm going to get, I might get the the hemisphere wrong, but um, Uh I think Creatives are usually right brain or they left brain and <laughs> depends on administra- which one. Yeah. And you know, people who are more linear focused or transactional or whatever are the opposite hemisphere. So uh-huh. if I were an actor, I would probably approach it 
very differently than a creative, right? Because that's not uh -huh. how I orient to the world. Like when I look at a contract, I love, like I loved diagramming sentences. I love geometry and you know, trigonometry mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. and somebody who's a creative might look at that and, and be intimidated or that's not what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so that's why my approach would be different. Nevertheless, I will give you a concrete answer. I would first outline how much does it cost for me to support this acting habit or dancing habit, whatever, right? So I need mm -hmm. acting lessons. I need this, I need that. And I would make a budget and then I would go out and get a job, a kind of freelancey style job that allows me to afford that budget. And so typical jobs out here are catering, waitressing, bartending, um, things of that nature. But, you know, if you can go and get a hard skill, like being a bookkeeper or an accountant, things that mm -hmm. you could do freelance, mm -hmm. right? Like you can be a bookkeeper literally anywhere in the world. Yeah. Right. Like there's no, you know, they don't do bookkeeping differently in Iran. It's the same practice. So, mm -hmm. you know, and actors don't tend to think of those kinds of things. Um, yeah. And if you have that skill, right. Mm -hmm. um, we know those types of, those types of jobs make great money and you can do it anywhere in the world. If you go to a tech school and learn to be a plumber and an electrician, make websites, da, 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 da. You can do that anywhere, anytime. And it's not yeah. a nine to five gig that would, you know, interfere with auditions or if you have to take 18 months off cause you got a play or you got an episode of something. So mm -hmm. that's how I would approach it. So what you're saying is it's really important that even though you are pursuing a, a creative career, it's good to have some type of a business, uh, a business mind or understanding finances or, or both sides of the business, basically. Yeah, you got to have a side hustle because mm -hmm. if you put yourself in a position where you can't afford to feed or clothe yourself or you don't have housing, that's not going to support, that's not going to support your art. You, yeah. You're going to get in front of people and there's going to be this air of desperation and nobody wants to be around that person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You need, okay. you know, you need the ability to be able to create freely and to feel like I'm going to go in there, I'm going to do my thing. And if they want me great, and if they don't want me, then I'll get the next one. Not, I got to book this commercial or I'm going to be kicked out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got it. Okay. And then Madison Akendale asked, how much artist development is done in the agency process and how much do artists have to come already knowledgeable about? Like, do they accept people that they see potential in and work with them to make them greater? How does that work? Or is it a little bit of both? Well, it depends on who you are working with as an agent. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of, you know, famous in the business for, um, you know, I see something in someone and I love mm -hmm. working with them to develop that talent. Yeah. So in my career, I've represented people who, you know, they were a recording artist and they're crossing over or they just graduated 
um, a theater arts program and, you know, and now they're coming to Los Angeles or New York and mm-hmm. everything in between. But yeah. you, I think you have to find your tribe and within mm-hmm. that tribe that includes, you know, who's the manager and agent who believe in you and you're mm-hmm. always developing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, you can be someone who has a television series and mm-hmm. you're, you're still developing. You're on a different level. You're not a neophyte. Mm-hmm. So that's a practice that never ends. You know, yeah. Brad Pitt doesn't feel like he doesn't have anything to learn, you know? Mm-hmm. And Robert De Niro famously talks about how he's always learning something on a set, another way to approach a, a, a character. Right. And, and, you know, and there's also like, as your career develops, you, and as you're changing levels, you're learning how to manage, you know, your art form and your work and your money at that level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it never, it never ends. Yeah. Okay. And then Michaela Davis Curry, who is 19, she asked, with there not being many things new under the sun, how do new and young producers, directors, push past being the underdogs of the industry, especially in this age of technology? How do they get that win? So what I would say to that is everybody's kind of an underdog, right? Because in my business, the default is no. So, um, you know, Martin Scorsese just made this, you know, incredible film called The Irishman that you can see on Netflix and it stars... Oscar winner, Joe Pesci, Oscar Mm -hmm. winner, Robert De Niro, Mm -hmm. uh, Emmy winner, you know, uh, Ray Romano, et cetera, et cetera. People, you know, people who are very successful. And Mm -hmm. it took him more than a decade to get it. And I don't know that anyone would call Mm -hmm. Martin Scorsese an underdog, but he was definitely Mm -hmm. an underdog. Right. Yeah. Martin Scorsese was not dictating to the industry like I'm going to make a movie and then people were over themselves to give him the money to make it. And he's mm-hmm. pretty much he's a sure bet, especially with that cast. Yeah. So mm-hmm. everybody's an underdog. We all have to have our hustle on everybody. Mm-hmm. Don't think mm-hmm. like never feel like, oh, well, now I got this manager or I got this agent or I got this person in the project. Now I could kick back or now I've made it. That is not the case ever, mm-hmm. right? We're mm-hmm. all hustling. So the great thing about technology is it's, you know, freed many people. You can go out and just do it. There was a film made several years ago called Tangerine that I love. It was shot mm-hmm. on an iPhone. Yeah. And I think it won all kinds of awards at Sundance, got distribution, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we, mm-hmm. the, 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 the barrier to success or to being to getting into production has changed nowadays because we all have a smartphone. You can mm-hmm. download apps literally for free to cut yeah. your movie. There's mm-hmm. music out there that you don't have to pay for. Mm-hmm. And if your script is good enough, yeah, you can write to people like me and ask for some of my name clients to be in your film. You're going to get yeah a thousand no's, but you only need that one yes. And never mind getting somebody famous in your, yeah, never uh-huh. mind getting somebody famous in your your film. Find out the people in your community who are going to be the next De Niro or, 
you know, Viola Davis or whatever and put them mm -hmm. in your film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of that is happening. And uh, I think uh, places like Netflix and Facebook and um, all of these other new platforms have really opened up um, more opportunity for engagements for uh, young entrepreneurs and independents. And so I've asked them to, you know, when I'm asked, and, and I'm asked quite often, build a social media platform, talk about what you love and let people see what you're doing. And when you build those relationships there, people will pretty much come looking for you. Would you Absolutely. agree? The, I totally agree. And I think the other thing is, don't always, you know, concern yourself about what somebody else can do for you. Think yes. about what you can do for them, right? Yes. So I'm, I'm out here trying to, you know, advocate for my clients. And if you mm -hmm. send me an email mm -hmm. and I don't respond and you get pissed off, like that doesn't benefit anybody. But if you right. call a producer and say, hey, I'm a young producer. I don't have anything to show. I, I want to learn. Can I intern for you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? right now you have a relationship in the business. You're thinking about, I want to learn, but what can I do for this person so that they become an advocate for me or they teach me the basics or, you know, I, you gain access or, you know, my assistant um, volunteers for this film festival that he's obsessed with. And we ended up representing the film festival. And now, you know, we're taking them around town, but mm -hmm. it came from, his genuine spirit of service. Yeah. And here's a genre that I love and how can I be of service to that? So that mm -hmm. this genre turns out even better films and I learn yeah. more about, you know, the practice of producing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I believe that's true. You know, so many times when you can see a person's passion and, and producers and uh, people like yourself, can't resist that that passion when that passion is is at the forefront of what you're trying to do then it will definitely move you forward i was going to have a little anecdote like i remember i started representing this young man named datari turner and i think when he and i started he was 25 years old he's from oakland you know california mm -hmm. he was not a guy born with a, a sp silver spoon in his mouth and he was a college athlete you know and yeah. um and I remember we got a little traction with him as an actor, but he came to me with this script and that he'd written with, mm -hmm. by the way, Datari, if you're listening, full of misspelled words, which <laughs> is the, uh -oh. the bane of my existence. But anyway, oh, you know, oh God. He, he really wanted to be known as a writer, director, producer. So... He got the project optioned actually several times. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, he kind of went out on his own. But long story short, this was a guy who no one would ever, ever, there's nobody in his, his um, family that works in the t entertainment industry. There's nobody in his mm -hmm. neighborhood that knew anything mm -hmm. about entertainment. Um, yeah. But he had a passion yeah. for it, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if then he had an aptitude. I don't even know if he was, mm -hmm. I would say he was not the best writer. He was not the best mm -hmm. producer or director, but he mm -hmm. simply determined that he would not take no. And he was always courteous and respectful and whatever, but long story short today, 
maybe 10 years or more later, definitely more than 10 years later, you know, he's produced something like 30 films and has a film every year in Sundance. Wow. That's incredible. You're absolutely right. Passion (laughs) Passion is everything. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. So then let's talk a little bit about the Mona Scott Young connection. The entertainment industry is not one of the easiest to break into. And from what I've read in uh, other articles, this was the the connection that you made that has kind of propelled you to this wonderful and amazingly successful woman of color that people describe you as fierce, confident, bold, brave, courageous, and full of determination. Tell me how that relationship came together for the two of you. Well, Mona owned and was uh, president of a music management company called Violator. They're very, very successful. And they represented people like Missy Elliott, Busta Rhymes, Fantasia, mm-hmm. LL, mm-hmm. 50, et cetera. So Mona was doing well without me. Uh, she was doing better than well. <laughs> and we met. Yeah, we, we met because I started representing Busta Rhymes and... Mm-hmm. The thing about Mona is um, she's a juggernaut. She is just an amazing human being, first of all, and Mm -hmm. just such an astute and ambitious businesswoman. And I wanted to be in business with Mona Scott Young. So Mm -hmm. at the time, you know, she was represented by, you know, some of the big boys, and um, the, 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 you know, the CAAs of the world, the ICMs. And I, first of all, I just thought it was more important to be her friend. And so mm-hmm. we were friends and we were, worked in the same industry and, you know, we shared a client. So I would pass on information to her and, you know, I try to practice rigorous honesty in my life. And yeah. um, if something wasn't happening the way it should, I would tell her. Mm-hmm. And if something was, I would say, they're really looking out for you. You know, we, we just, I think, respected one another more than anything and were honest with one another. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a number of business opportunities and transa- transactions that we did together. And I think we just liked and trusted one another. And mm-hmm. I wanted to challenge, I think she's so smart, right? Yeah. She can do so much that I wanted more for her mm-hmm. and she wanted more for herself. So she was always fascinated by film and television and had a shocking, you know, amount of knowledge about this side of the business. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we got together and we kind of started working together and there was, it's funny cause there was never like a formal, you are now my agent, you know, sign the card. She just started, <laughs> She just started introducing me to people as her fragent. And uh, I I knew I was on the side. Yeah. Yeah. So relationship is important as well. Like you said, you, you, you didn't go to her to, to try to become a, uh, to build a client relationship. You built a, uh, a friend relationship first. I try to look, that's my approach with all of my clients, right? When I get into business with someone I'm thinking about the next 25 years. I'm not thinking mm-hmm. about, I'm not trying to rent clients. So for people who, you know, what I say are, 
you know, they'll be with me for two years and then they want to go someplace else and they're there five years and they're blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not the mm-hmm. business that I want to be in. I want to be yeah. and Mona, people like Mona and Roger Genver Smith and Jamie Hector. They are a perfect example. Like we could have a knockout drag out fight mm-hmm. and then we're mm-hmm. going to go, to, you know, we're, then we're going to go down into the breakfast nook and the dining room and we're going to go okay. to business. And, <laughs> you know, and, um, and the thing I love is when you know that somebody's got your back, yeah, then you can really flex, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you know that I have a relationship with someone, like there's a difference when you're doing your taxes, you can go to H&R Block or whatever place on the corner and they do a mm-hmm. good job, Right. And then maybe next yeah. year, somebody else is charging less and you're going to go to the mm-hmm. next account, the next place, or mm-hmm. you have a relationship with your accountant and then you're able to say, so, you know, this year I only make $30,000 a year, but here's what my plan is for the next five years. And that person yeah. is working with you thinking about the long haul. Mm-hmm. That's a different that's a different kind of relationship. And the, the way that person is going to interface with you is going to be very different. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I've always, that's what I always wanted with actors. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, like I love people, like I mentioned Roger. Roger probably was one of the first, well, he's definitely one of the first people I signed. And, you know, he left a very big agency. They believed in me and Roger wanted to put his money where his mouth is, right? He's, he believes in supporting his community. And Roger was basically like, how am I going to be a black artist doing, you know, creating works like who killed Rodney King and uh, Rodney Mm -hmm. King, I'm sorry. And uh, who Mm -hmm. killed Bob Marley, et cetera. And I'm not supporting my sister. Like that's never going to happen. That's never him. Yeah. You know, so it all depends on how you run, you want to run your business. And there's, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with either path. You just have to be honest with who you are and what you want. Right. And um, that brings me to another question and and sounds like, you know, you definitely have the leadership skills and the personality to do that, but there is so much corporate bitterness and so much to brave through for women intimidation just insecurities, uh, low self-esteem, all kinds of things that separate us as women. In in your career, how have you been able to navigate, you know, the the likelihood of, of competitiveness and these types of things and backstabbing and all of the, you know, the nightmares that you can, that you hear in corporate America and in the entertainment industry? Uh, so, my approach, and it's changed over the years because certainly yeah. I've matured yeah. and I've learned a lot. So the Tracy Christian that you hear speaking today wasn't the mm-hmm. Tracy Christian of, of, you know, 25 years ago, right? Yeah. So very different person. So today mm-hmm. I recognize that usually people are not trying to hurt you. Yeah, They don't know any better, right? Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. think the way to get the brass ring is... I got to knock everybody down that kind of, I got to kill everybody or everything, you know, that's blocking me from what I want to do. 
So usually mm-hmm. I'm just very real with people and I try to yeah. deal with them, not as the opposition, but as a mm-hmm. human being, yeah. right? Especially in women. So I'll say, hey, you know, hey, look, we're on the same side. Mm-hmm. You're going to be an advocate for your client. I'm an advocate for my client. There's enough here, right? But we don't have to treat yeah. each other in a certain fashion. What should mm-hmm. happen if we're really good at our jobs, right? Yeah. Is yeah. We, solve, we solve whatever issues are here and we mm-hmm. walk away respecting one another enough and knowing enough about one another that we want to do business again. Yeah. Yeah. Like the entertainment so, industry is, is really small. So it's usually the less sophisticated, less educated, mm-hmm. um, mercenary. If you're a mercenary, you, at the end of the game, you probably mm-hmm. are not going to do as well as you could because people, if you take advantage of someone, even when they're weak or they, whatever, right. Yeah. They are going to remember yeah. that. And mm-hmm. when they have an opportunity to stab you in the back, trust me, they're going to do it. Yeah. Wow. Whew. So that said, are there more of us in the industry now? You know, I watched the Grammys the other night. I w- I've watched, um, you know, all the award shows. And it just seems like more and more women of color are getting leading roles in all of these types of things. What is the outlook for the future for women of color? Look, it definitely has, it's increased, but Mm -hmm. don't be fooled, right? Like if you're starving to death and somebody gives you a cracker, you're eating, but that's still not enough calories to support, you know, life, right? So, so we shouldn't cheer for the increase in roles that we see. I think Mm -hmm. about, I mean, we're far from, far, far, far from where we should be. So what I would and we say know to that, that, because there's only one of you, Tracy, right now, I can count you on one, on one hand with one there's finger. A, yeah. you know? There's a, yeah. there's a young woman that I met that, um, who's African-American and I think she still o- owns her agency. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's not a lot. And look, and even never mind owning an agency, just being an agent, um, mm-hmm. I think I know every black female talent agent, you know, you know, in the business and believe me, I could count them all and still have fingers left over, uh, wow. which is a shame, but okay. So your talent, if you want to see more female directors, writers, talent, yeah. you have to advocate for that. It costs success costs something right? Like we think of the civil rights movement that cost a generation Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Those people who refused to ride buses, those people who sat at counter, you know, at the wall, Woolworth's counter or whatever, we didn't get to vote and get where we are for free. It cost, Mm -hmm. it cost you in faith. It sometimes costs you in money experience. If you're talking about paying the black tax, sometimes you have to do that. But your commitment will be rewarded. It'll be, I believe it'll be rewarded in towards, you know, the end of your career, the duration of your career and what Hollywood looks like after we're gone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So 
I look at Issa Rae's company and Michael B. Jordan's company and there are rainbows there. Mm -hmm. They hire Mm -hmm. the most qualified people they can find for sure, but they definitely make provisions and are conscious of hiring people of color and women. And look at my Mm -hmm. own agency. Diversity is in our DNA. It's not even something that I have to think about doing. It's just the way I think normally people of color operate. But sometimes when we're in a space of fear, you feel Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm not going to get ahead if I don't have a Caucasian this or that or whatever. And that's, Mm -hmm. it's not the case. Step out on faith. The same way you want someone to have faith in you, you have to have faith in your team, your representatives or your community. You have to back mm-hmm. those people. Yeah. You know, you have yeah. to support your your community and then things change. Mhm. Mhm. Wow. This is amazing. We are down to 3 minutes and I still have 100 questions to go. <laughs> I could talk to you forever. <laughs> but in closing, Tracy, what advice can you give to our listeners who would just you know, don't know what to ask, don't know what to do, you know, trying to navigate Hollywood and the entertainment industry today. In closing, what piece of advice, what have you learned that you can share with them really, really quickly? We've got about two minutes. I would say be honest, be authentic, and be diligent. Be a person of faith. Um, Celebrate, believe in yourself right? Yeah. Like we all have a start starting position. You're not going to be Viola Davis or, you know, Jamie Hector or Michael or any of those people overnight. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. give yourself a break, give yourself yeah. a break. It's mm-hmm. you're doing, you're endeavoring in something that is not easy. Yeah. Know that if you're a spoken word artist, a painter, a director, you have chosen a path that is not easy. So give yourself a break. Yeah. And then when you meet other leaders in your field, just be honest. You yeah. don't have to wear a mask. You don't mm-hmm. have to pretend to have more than you have or lie on your resume or anything like that. Our job is to be able to identify talent. And, yeah. you know, when people come to me that are, you know, humble, honest about what they need, what they're doing, to ask questions, I support them in whatever way I can. Wow. You know, I I can't represent everybody, but, you know, I'll give people direction. Wow. This has been phenomenal. Thank you so much. Tracy Christian, our guest today. She is Tracy Christian of the TCA Agency. It is a full-service talent agency based in Los Angeles, California. Her information is all over the internet. She's an amazing person. And I just appreciate you so much for spending this time with us. Would you agree on air to come back sometimes when we have more time? Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. This has been phenomenal. I want to thank you and your audience. This was a lot of fun and it was an opportunity for me to give out meaningful information and you're great. You know, I, this interview was, no, it was tremendous. And yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Oh, thank you. But I don't think people get to see this side of your business. You know what I'm saying? The passion, yes. the, yes. the heart. And so that's what I wanted to bring out. Oh, thank you, love. Thanks, Monique. All right. 
The brush is a lounge for women, a place where we share conversations about our brushes with love, life, and everything in between. Keep up with The Brush on Instagram and Facebook at The Brush Lounge. Also, check out The Brush Lounge community at www.thebrushlounge.com. 